Welcome to the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. I'm Lizzie, a not-go night enthusiast. I'm Hannah, and I'm hiding a black wig in my wetsuit. I'm Abby, the resident redhead who prefers metal straws to bendy straws. And this week, we are discussing the most romantic decom ever in honor of Valentine's Day. It's Kim Possible, So the Drama. Y'all, I've been waiting for this one. We planned this, like, maybe six months ago. When you all started this podcast, this was the episode I said I wanted to be on. Mm-hmm. And I'm we've so had excited. you in our calendar since. We're so excited. This is Abby's first time as a guest of the pod. Um... Yeah, this is going to be a great time. I feel honored to be here. I've been hyping this up all week to all of my friends. I'm so glad. And as your homework for this week, you're going to make sure they all listen, right? (laughs) Oh, I already said I may send this out to the entire uh, class of law school students at my school to listen to. So if if they get bold enough, it it will be in a group me with over... 400 people. So we will see. At a minimum, a group me of 35. So get excited. Thanks to everyone who's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know what that means. UVA. It's a virginia. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Yeah. I'm not part of your club. We picked this movie because it's, like I said, the most romantic decom ever. Because um, it's the best decom couple in the history of decom couples, I believe. Mm-hmm. Arguably one of the most realistic could arguably make a Hallmark movie solely based upon Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable. They are kind of that dynamic. Yeah. Because like, so you go from the third wheel to or like, like the best friends to the third wheel to they're at the prom. Tell me that doesn't sound like it could be the plot maybe age yeah. them a little bit of like a Hallmark movie. It's so cute. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, I was actually a little disappointed because, I mean, I didn't really expect it, but on D- Disney Plus right now, they obviously have their like Valentine's Day collection. And I was like, I wonder if it'll be in it. And it wasn't. I was so sad. But no DCOMs were. So, I mean, maybe they're just biased. I say, as we all know, we have a far better grasp of the Disney Channel canon than the people who actually work for Disney. Yes. Um, so I don't know what they're. Yeah. Sorry, it was Bob. Just Iger. A lot of like Beauty and the Beast and Tangled, and I was like, okay, and they're romantic, but this is realistic romance. Yeah, this is the romance everyone wants and deserves. Yes, mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts on this. They'll come later. Well, well, I was gonna say we can um, obviously before we jump into our thoughts, it's time for a sixty-second summary, and we like to throw our guest under the bus. So, <laughs> Abby, um, I will get a timer out and to count you down. Um, are Just you call me Regina George and throw me in front of a bus. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, three, two, one, go. So this movie starts out in, I believe, Japan with Kim, of course, saving the day and Ron almost ruining it. And they're saving this toy maker because Draken is trying to get this toy maker. Fast forward, they save the day as Kim always does. Kim is stressed about the prom. That comes up later. Essentially, what is going on is Draken has this evil plan in place that he is going to take these little Diablo toys from the Japanese toy maker and he's going to put them at the restaurant Bueno Nacho. I hope there's not too many spoilers. Spoiler disclaimer. And he is going to rule the world. And the way he's going to distract Kim is with a boy, of course. And in the end, Kim, of course, saves the day, destroys the little Diablos, almost dies because she's in love with this boy, but in the end realizes she loves Ron and she destroys the synthodrone, which is her boyfriend. And they go to the prom together, Ron and Kim. And we all live happily ever after and get the romance we deserve. So good. Yeah. Look Probably forgot some stuff in there, but. Flexing the do. critical thinking and summarization skills. Mm-hmm. Thank well, you, one college. One of us is furthering our education in this, in this Zoom. Yeah, really. Um, well. Thanks so much. That was so good. That's definitely better than I could have done. Um, I, I am pulling up. up. Okay, oh, go I, was ahead. Gonna say, I have it pulled up um, on Disney Plus. The official summary. Okay. It. Do you want the long summary or the shorter one? 
Uh, give us the long one. Okay. Um, according to Disney Plus, it says, Here's the sitch. Dr. Dragon has an evil new plot for world domination, but his ultimate success depends upon finding out Kim Possible's weakness. Could it have anything to do with a certain new hottie named Eric? Could be. <laughs> Kim is definitely distracted by prom date drama. Meanwhile, Ron is up to his eyeballs in strange little Diablo devil toys when his favorite food giant, Bueno Naco, except for here it says Buenos Nachos, crosses over to the dark side. Now he's acting like such a dweeb, just when Kim needs him most. If Dr. D can keep up the pressure, KP will so have to surrender. But it's not over until it's so over. Love it. Sure. I feel like it, that was that was a really good it, like summary that didn't give anything away. But I had to give it all away. We yeah. like spoilers in our 30 yeah. or 60 second summaries. Beautiful. So the IMDb rating for this is a 7.2 out of 10. Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. That is pretty good. The Rotten Tomatoes score for this, there are no critic scores, but the audience score is a 74%. Oh, that's pretty good as well. Respectable. Yeah. I feel like Hannah, I will just look at that are like 60%. Yeah. Sorry. Hannah, I do want to let you know, you're good, um, that the first. Uh, you might also like movie on Rotten Tomatoes under this is Barbie Mariposa and the Fairy Princess. Fantastic film. A great film. I wouldn't say it's related. No. Maybe it just thinks you're a child. Yeah. And I feel like if it wanted to be more on brand, it could have recommended like an American Girl doll movie, specifically the Felicity one, so we could keep the redhead theme going. Yeah, or like... um. One of a different Barbie movie that's a little bit more like, I don't know, adventurous. Action packed? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Wasn't there a Barbie film of the years? Yes, there is. It's not very good. Oh, oh, all right. Hot takes. Hot takes in the pod today. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like if we open up the Barbie and American Girl doll movies, we need a whole other podcast for that's, that. That's next season. Oh. Um, where am I? I lost my outline. Um, okay. Do we want to, we, do we talked about the official scores? Do we want to talk about our rankings out of five? Yes. Um, who wants to go first? Lizzie, why don't you go first? I'm giving this a 4.25 out of five. Ooh. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it, and I it was so nostalgic for me, but also, like, was so genuinely enjoyable for me to watch it. And I watched it by myself, so we don't have thoughts from an actual child this week, because there's a lot of stuff going on. But I watched it by myself, and me, as a almost 23-year-old human, like, totally forgot that I was watching this to do this episode I was like oh my god this is so much fun like this is so much fun and then I found myself because I watched it a couple days ago I found myself thinking about it like a little more critically for like days afterwards I was like oh my gosh I there's layers layers to this Kim Possible movie they fit so much into an hour and obviously like the plot line and everything feels very like you know it's an easy plot line, you know. There's her saving the world stuff and then the like prom stuff. But yeah, I loved it. So 4.25. I might be inclined to give this a five out of five. Yes, I firmly agree. I I this is perhaps I have a diary from when I was a little girl and I searched so hard I cannot find it today. That in it I wrote this, that this is my favorite movie of all time. I love it. I I don't know if it's still my favorite movie of all time, but it might be my favorite decom. And the thing is, I forget about it. Like when people are like, what's your favorite decom? It's like, oh, Lemonade Mouth, it's Starstruck. It's like something like Descendants. But this is like kind of a perfect movie. Yeah. And it has Um, that nostalgia factor that really gives it that punch, you know? Yeah. Like, the only thing, like, it's not a musical, but it doesn't need to be. That's the thing. No. It's not by Kenny Ortega, but it's not lacking. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I 
the you know it's Kim and Ron whom we love. We do. Um, it's. I think I'm giving it a five. Yeah, Abby, and you were agreeing. I think I have to agree with the solid five out of five. And like Lizzie, I also watched this on my own. I had this built into my schedule to watch the other day. And when I, and I had it as like another like thing I had to check off the list of whatever reading and whatever assignments. And this hour flew by. It was thoroughly enjoyable. It made me remember my younger self who had in her bedroom a Kim Possible little backrest thing on her bed, as well as a Kim Possible wallet. My first wallet was a Kim Possible wallet. And so I just, it's the nostalgia. It's the perfect story. It doesn't need, you know, any crazy, you know, musical scenes or anything of that nature. It just, it, it encapsulates my childhood. And I think it's what Disney is all about. And 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, 100%. I could watch this again today, tomorrow. I could probably watch this every day of my life like little kids do with Frozen. I could do that with this film. Probably same, I think. Okay, I'm changing my answer. (laughs) Oh, what is it now? I also wanted to give it a 5 out of 5, but I thought we weren't doing that, and I got nervous. So, (laughs) 5 out of 5. Okay, then we're giving it, this is our first, well, this isn't our first movie to get a five, because Maggie gave Radio Rebel a five, but it's our first all-around fives. Sometimes children are wrong. That's all right. Yeah. The children are the future, but sometimes they're wrong. Yeah. Sometimes they're children. The old guard has it right here. Yes. The old hags. This is, I think, the best, this is what I have aspirations for decoms to be yes mm-hmm. yeah for a lot of reasons just like fun it's good it's like such because is this the first movie we've watched of this project where it's like a part of a series i need to i believe so. unless you count it, high school musical with it being high school musical the no, musical no no i no, don't but see but that didn't come first that's true like I was gonna say, like, this is such a good, like, extension of the series, and it came between season three and season four, and it was, like, such a good bridge, because, and then into season four, it's, like, their senior year, they're dating, they're applying to college. Yes. I would say, um, this cast is kind of bananas. Kind of incredible, um, and I am gonna make... If it's okay with you for us to get into the like cast of this and everything, go for it. Yeah, I have one connection that I made of a cast member who's also in another film. If I may jump in first, that blew no. my mind, no. and I didn't even have to Google it. The guy who works at Bueno Nacho, the you know the main guy, I am almost without a doubt positive he is the guy that voices the annoying train kid in the Polar Express. He is. He's yes. the know it all. He's the know it all. Yes. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, I caught that too. I was like, oh my god. How did I not... Of course that voice is so like unforgettable because it's a little bit horrible. Um, <laughs> but I would like to make a shout out to one of our... Um, one of our not official friends of the pod, but like IRL friends. She hasn't been a friend of the pod yet. Maddie, who is obsessed with... Uh, Boy Meets World. Oh. Because there are two members of the Boy Meets World cast in this. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I did know that. Because Ron Stoppable is uh, voiced by Will Friedel. And um, Brick Flag, the quarterback Bonnie's boyfriend, is uh, Ryder Strong. So, we're both, obviously, main characters in Boy Meets World. Mm -hmm. So, I thought of that. And I was trying to figure out, I was like, God, why do their voices sound so familiar? And then I looked them up and I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah. So, they play Sean and, um, what's his name? The main one? No. The other one. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know. I haven't seen Boy Meets World in a long time. Okay, I don't know. 
Sorry. I, it's it's funny though, because like I wouldn't have noted I could, both of those connections that you guys made. I wouldn't have made on my own. But once you say you're like, oh, he's the annoying kid from Polar Express, I'm like, of course he is. Like, yeah. voice acting is so crazy. And the girl who plays, um, who not plays, like I guess voices Kim Possible, um, Christy Carlson Romano. She has a YouTube channel now where she yeah. like will collab with various like ex Disney stars, and she had and she they like will bake food and talk, and she had Ron on, and he like doesn't sound like that in real life obviously, but he like puts on the Ron voice, and I was like, <gasps> I need to watch this. I didn't know it exists, and I already know yeah. how I'm going to be spending this evening. <laughs> yeah, I watched. It's literally an episode like she like they bake things, and she and him like made like a, a naco. <gasps> oh my gosh! Because Anako, Anako is it's kind of its own thing. It's a, it's nachos, but like inside a soft tortilla, with like nacho cheese. And I was like, I kind of want that. Like I almost texted yeah. my parents to be like, "Can you bring me home Taco Bell?" <laughs> As someone who recently has gotten it. into cooking, I think I need to add this to my ideas of things I need to try cooking. Because I'm currently yeah. baking bread. Well, it's rising. It will be baked. But I think I the knocko kind of is like next. chef queen recently. Yeah. I, it has been quite the stress relief. I just love it. I love cooking and then other people telling me that they enjoy it as well. Because I yeah. think sometimes you just need that self-validation. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so the director of this is Steve Loader, who has directed a bunch of stuff. So he obviously directed this. He directed The Legend of Tarzan, the TV series. Um, he did, I don't know if he did, he did 36 episodes of the Kim Possible television show, obviously. Yes. He did, um, American Dragon, Jake Long. Great show. Wow, throwback. I wasn't allowed to watch that show. Oh, I love Why? that show. It yeah, was either Wait, so I loved that show and I loved Danny Phantom, which obviously is oh. not a Disney show. Um and my mom was like Nick, I think it was Nick. My mom was like I do not like either of these shows, so you have to pick which one you want to watch. Um and I would picked Danny Phantom and I was only allowed to watch like an episode a week and at the time I thought it was because there was something like inappropriate about it and I don't understand it but now I'm realizing I think they just annoyed the shit out of my mom and she was like this is a good way for me to minimize this Lizzie has too big of a crush on these main characters possibly like they're they're compatible it's the hair I think for me I think it took me like a solid 20 years of my life to ever voluntarily admit to having a crush on someone to my parents <laughs> was it danny phantom maybe <laughs> oh good maybe um but also i would just like to say oh hannah's frozen oh no she's not there she is she's, she's back um I'm here. he also directed a movie that is very very important to me which is um the penguins of madagascar or he was in the animation department of the penguins of madagascar movie oh he's an animator because one of the uh writers mark mccorkle um was the producer of penguins of madagascar and who also is known for working as a writer of sky high Okay. Oh my god. That is a movie I need to rewatch. (laughs) Why did she get mad? She she wants wants us us to do it so bad on this podcast. Oh, I did know that. Wait, it's not? No. It came out. What is it? (gasps) Well, maybe we'll bend some rules. Like, the only movies she wants us to do are High School Musical 3 and Sky High, which are feature films. Yeah. Like, so, so what if you just put an ash? You just put an asterisk, you know, well, you next know. To the title. I was gonna say down the road. Our, we did our tangled episode, but then it never saw the light of day. So, oh my god, I have nightmares about that still. I gotta be honest. Not about tangled though, right? About no, I have sweet, 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 sweet dreams about that. Good. I had a conversation with somebody the other day that we were debating what is more romantic the boat scene with, you know, the lantern lights entangled 
Or, and this was the counter my friend gave. Sophia, if you listen to this, I remember vividly. She said what's more romantic is Mulan shooting the mountain down with the the rocket. (laughs) That's not, I mean, there are some cute romantic scenes in Mulan, but not the avalanche. She vehemently agrees. Or disagrees, rather. She vehemently disagrees and... That was her counter she gave to my tangled boat scene comment. She's like, well, what about well, when Mulan caused a natural disaster? <laughs> <laughs> I think the issue here is that that question, we're getting off topic, but that question poses two scenes against each other, which are not the same type of scene, and neither of which are the most romantic scenes in their respective movies. All right, well, ha- okay, what is more romantic in Tangled then? Well, wait, oh, I know what the answer is, but I want to hear it. He, I, we're off topic, oh, I but... Know, I know, I know, I was, I was thinking the same thing as you, yeah, I, I, yep. I, I was like, yeah, I was because, like, you know, look, so, thinking, I was like, you were my new dream. New dream, you were my new dream. This is, don't get me started. Peak, I think I this is the this most again. important romance hero quality, is he wants her so bad. He wants her so bad. But the thing that he wants more than that is he wants her happiness and her freedom. So he has to be willing to give up what's most important to him in the world, which is having her. And he is aware that he's going to die if he chops her hair off. You know who did the same exact thing, almost? Is Mr. Ron Stoppable? That's what I was thinking! And he said, I want her, but more importantly, I want Kim to be happy. So I will let her go with Eric. That's we don't deserve Ron and Eugene Fitzherbert. We don't deserve them. Oh, no. Oh. It's incredible. I love it. These are aspirations for men that I just think are impossible for us yeah. to get. Yeah. There are kind of some cute scenes in this movie. Like, um, when, uh, when, like, Ron is kind of bearing his heart out to Kim. Like, they've been defeated. And they're, like, tied up. And she's like, oh, well, maybe. Yeah. And then, yeah. of course, the prom. Don't get me started. Uh, the one, what was that one scene, though, that Ron was, like, talking to Rufus about his feelings and saying, should I tell her? Blah, blah, blah. But then we really devolve into some toxic masculinity traits real oh, quick. Where yes. he's like, men shouldn't talk about feelings, blah, blah, blah. And I literally wrote that down. And I was like, oh, don't like that. But, yeah. but I mean... Can we, I know that Ron is obviously peak romance, but I will say that Eric's promposal of my mission is to take you to the prom. That was pretty good. Pretty, pretty that slick, been a good Eric. Prom poster. That would have been a really good prom poster. Yeah. It would have. Yeah. Um, so this, what you're talking about, Abby, gets into really the heart of why I've been thinking about this movie so much. Tell me. I think this is such a good movie like for young people to watch for a whole host of reasons one of course it is a little silly and a little over over the top but I think like some of the stuff it gets to the heart of are like real actual like things that high schoolers think (laughs) like the whole thing about like your prom date obviously that's like a silly story but like I really appreciated that despite the fact that you know it's Kim Possible and she's this you know world famous super spy who saves the world on like a bi-weekly basis what she thinks about the most throughout the course of the movie is her high school prom I'm like yeah because she's a teenager like duh (laughs) And it's so, it's so, what blew my mind was how she was able to multitask, saving the world and thinking about prom. When she's like saving the toy maker and she's, and Wade calls and he's like, oh, it's Monique. And she's like, well, whatever. But then he says, it's something about these two people at their school. She's like, put her through. And then she's like sliding on screens and buildings queen of multitasking and her mother does it as well i think it is it is inherently in the women in their family as the mom does surgery she's talking to kim about the prom as kim is saving the world she's talking about monique about the prom multitasking queens we love empowered women yeah well it's so much about like what 
we expect of women. Like, true. expect women to be juggling seven things at a time. And we expect women to be doing a lot of emotional labor on top of that. But that's like, I mean, we talked about how, you know, Ron came to terms with like, well, if Kim's going to be happy, then whatever, you know, that's our friendship is important. But before that, when he's having a tantrum for like 20 minutes, she is taking doing emotional labor for him. And yes. she, you know, is following him around. And she's like, like, I think maybe you're upset about, maybe you're not upset about Bueno Nako. Maybe oh, the treehouse scenes. Yeah, in the treehouse. And she's like, maybe you're upset about something else. And yeah. maybe, you know, and she's like having to do all this for him. And I mean, there were cute callbacks to like episodes from like the first and second season, like where they talked about that camp where he went. Yeah. A wa- camp wanna weep. I was like, oh my god, I remember that episode. It scared me so much as a kid. Yes. But like, and he's like, you know, I mean, there were some cute parts, but like also, you know, he's a 16 or whatever year old boy, but also she's a 16 year old girl. So. Yeah. Well, and this really, I was thinking about like, I know we hear all the time from really like age eight onwards that like girls are more emotionally mature than boy or they mature faster than boys are than boys do um it's because we expect them to it's because they're forced to it's not like sure some people in general may have like a natural you know propensity for you know being emotionally in touch or being super empathetic but like it's because we expect young women from the time they are in elementary school to be, you know, navigating not only their own emotions, but helping to steer the people around them so they can get through their emotions. And I, like, didn't even realize when I watched the movie that, like, I was in the background of my mind thinking about all of this. And then I was, like, at work yesterday and I was like, oh my god. Although, it's a feminist text, but there are some, the, I was going to say, the lens, the camera, as if it's not an animated film. This isn't live action, in case you didn't realize at this yeah. point. Wait, really? <laughs> to those listening, yeah. um, they're like, there's two points in the movie where Kim is wearing like a really fancy outfit. The first yeah. is when they're undercover at the casino, and the second is at prom, or like before going to prom. Mm-hmm. And both times they do like kind of a sexy pan up, like yeah, legs to her face. True. Which I like wrote it down. I was like, um, like the reveal is kind of everything, but also, um, like, oh, I was like, what? They're sixteen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking about that with the first one because I really thought it was funny in the first one where her and Ron are like getting out of the water and stuff and he realizes she's like about to take off his wetsuit and he like hides his face immediately and not in a like i'm hiding my face but i'm peeking through my fingers he's like oh god Ah!" yeah which we love respectful men we do yeah i thought it was cute and and funny but i just like dad's prom like little like dress robes you know and And he looks like he's rocking white vans with it too yeah and all i can think of little black dress like with her black wig all I could think of was in the fourth Harry Potter movie, Ron Weasley, and he's yes. in his dress robes. And he's talking about great Aunt Tessie. And it's got the frills on it and everything. And it's definitely supposed to be like the wizarding version of like an 80s, like ruffly tux. But Ron Stoppable was wearing an actual. <laughs> An actual yeah. ruffly tux. Yeah, and he I said it's my dad's it. from the 80s. It's never been worn. Yeah. Yeah, let's dig into that little little gem. What and was that like, all about? I don't know. All, we all know that your dad is a loser. His dad's like an actuary. <laughs> but, oh. Um, but it's like, yeah, there's like episodes later or earlier. I don't know where yeah. he like thinks his dad's a loser, but his dad actually isn't. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wait, so speaking of dads, first of all, I did love that scene when Kim went in and was like, dad, can I talk to you about boys and dating? And he pivot. He immediately calls the mom 
and is like, um, hey. And she's doing brain surgery. She's doing brain surgery. And the dad's like, cannot deal with that. Have to go watch the news. Very funny, you know. Um, But I, first of all, I just, Dr. Draken, comedic icon. And the fact that him and Dr. Possible, Dad Possible, went to college together. I always forget about that. Shocking. I completely forgot. I was like, oh my god. But when Draken is at the place, you know what it reminded me of? Meet the Robinsons. Which part? Bowler hat guy. And what's his... Oh my goodness! That, wow. That blew my mind a little bit. Yeah, right? My God, that's like the third time we've make, made a connection to Meet the Robinsons on this podcast. It's also a great movie. Yeah. It's also a perfect film. Um, But I loved, I have written down a couple of his more iconic lines, but I loved when like the big bad guy at um, the, was it at the Bermuda Triangle told him that the only person who had like done that science thing, whatever, was Dr. Timothy Possible. And he goes, ooh, irony. And it's my favorite this time. I literally wrote down that quote in my notes. It was too good. I would also like to say, before this, he says the line, I'm an evil genius. I think I can handle Big Daddy. And I... (laughs) I was like, somewhere someone has put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. But but the funniest part of all of that is that Shigo knows he can't handle Big Daddy because he doesn't have the password and he doesn't know that Big Daddy likes to play games, which we're not going to think about that last one because I don't like that. I don't like, I don't want to repeat it. That's a merch idea. Big Daddy likes to play games. Or silly games specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I know Abby has a lot of things she'd like to say about Shigo. Shigo is the original bisexual icon. Tell me I am wrong. I know that she was every girl's awakening. (laughs) Oh, 100%. 100%. Another shout out to a friend I won't name, but she knows who it is. We've literally had in-depth conversations about how Shigo was part of our awakenings. So, yes. 100%. Literally, literally, we have. And I'm going to immediately text her after this and say, I brought that up in a podcast. But don't worry. You're not named friend, but you know who um, you are. Have either of you two seen the live action Kim Possible movie? No. I refuse. Oh, so Here's the thing. It's not, the, it's not as bad as people made it out to be. I mean, it's like, it's a decon. But I want to say the Shigo in it is not the same vibes as the cartoon mm. Shigo. I will be Googling it right now. Um, well, because they're actual like, children, right? N- well, the Kim and Ron are. Draken and Shigo. I mean, Draken and Shigo are adults. And in the show... Well, how old is Shigo, though? I think she's meant to be, like, in her 30s. 20s or 30s. Like she I was guessing, like, 20s. Oh, yeah, because- this is not the vibe I was expecting to see. But I will say, yeah. I might be getting confused with... Another icon of the Disney universe, uh, Vanessa from Phineas and Ferb. No, no, no. Oh. She's a teen. Yeah, she's definitely a teen because she's Doofenshmirtz's daughter. I had a connection. Tell me I'm wrong. I think Draken and Doofenshmirtz, there's a lot of parallels there. I think that there are. I wonder if Doofenshmirtz was inspired by Draken. Because I think that's quite plausible, or at least some of its traits. We love a silly villain. Oh, for yeah. sure. Especially, like, in a kid's movie. Um, let me see. When did Phineas and Ferb come out? Uh, it premiered what, didn't you get as High School Musical 2, Lizzie. That's right. That's, well, that's right. 2007. Yeah, 7 or 8. 7. I would also like to amend my earlier comment that I watched this film by myself, because I think it would be disrespectful for me to say that. I actually watched it with my cat. And I think that he deserves a little shout out on the internet. Yeah. So shout out to mine. my boy Floyd. I watched mine with my three dogs. Yes. Um, I I'm liked... sorry. I'm having a Phineas and Ferb related meltdown right now. Which is? Oh, okay. You know Thomas Brody Sangster? The yeah. actor? Oh, he's Ferb. Yeah. yeah. He's How did I not know that? You didn't um, know that? Why would I know that? I don't know. It's one of his. Why would I? I don't know. That's shocking. 
I love Thomas Brody Sangster. He always looks like perpetually 19. Surprise. My favorite is will forever and always be him in Love Actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he was like 16 when they filmed that or something crazy. Well, I kind of thought Will. Looks... No, <laughs> don't I... like that. I kind of thought Will Poulter also looked perpetually 19. He does not anymore. Lizzie, I know how you feel about Will Poulter. <laughs> Overwhelmingly positively. Um, I would I put a ring on say, it. I don't remember. I was going to say something about the movie we're actually talking about, and now I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I have most- a comment about the movie and what we're talking about, and I want to poll it. everybody. Go for it. These kids are all obsessed with the little Diablo, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was... Ch- racking my brain trying to think was there ever a toy that I ever received from a fast food restaurant as a kid that I was obsessed with granted I didn't go that often to fast food places Mm -hmm. just because I don't know my mom that's that's another kind of can of worms but I couldn't think of anything and so that made me think was there anything akin to little Diablo I can think of two examples and they're slightly different. oh my gosh that's quick one was there there was one that my sister wanted and I don't know what it was because you know it's always like about like a movie that's coming out or it's like little tiny yeah. babies or something I don't know what it was but there was some it was like these little tiny plush stuffed things and there was a green one and my sister wanted it so bad and we drove to like three or four different McDonald's to see if they had them so that's kind of like the like we need to go get the little Diablo vibe but in terms of Happy Meal toys that we liked the most, there's one Happy Meal toy that my sister and I still have, and it's because at some point they gave out CDs of Geronimo Stilton ebooks, and my sister and I, for years, every night, listened to The Case of the Cheese Pyramid. Oh my so gosh! Pyramid, we have that book memorized because when we got it from McDonald's. <laughs> That seems more like a Chick-fil-A thing to do, giving out an audiobook, you know? Maybe, but we didn't have Chick-fil-A here until, like, I was in middle school or high school. Oh, my God. Geronimo Stilton. And the curse of the cheese pyramid. That's a throwback. Wake up. We we listened to that every night. That's so funny. Um, So those are the two, like, uh, like Happy Meal toys I can think of that, like, we loved. That's yeah. a good one. I also have another question. Yeah. Real talk. What fast food restaurant has bendy straws? Am I just, I don't go that often, but I was thinking oh. to myself, I um, like, they are all straight. McDonald's has straight ones. I don't Even though I prefer the metal food. ones, but still like. Taco Bell has straight ones. I don't go to any other fast food besides Taco Bell. I know that Chick-fil-A has straight ones. I've been there relatively recently, but... Chick-fil-A used to have bendy ones, though, I think. Really? I I I thought that too. I can picture putting my red straw into a lemonade and having a bendy straw. But maybe I'm not... Now, the question is... The place I can think of that had bendy straws, like, the most in my mind was... Is Red Robin. But that's, like, not fast not food, fast you food. know? Yeah. yeah I, don't I was know. just thinking to myself, I... They're probably I mean, way more expensive, and that's why they cut them. I mean, Dragon... But the question is, if Chick-fil-A did have it and got rid of it, was someone like Ron calling Absolutely. the 800 number? Absolutely. Absolutely. And they weren't teenagers, they were adults. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, My only thought I could think of is, do... Do either of you have Freddy's Frozen Custard where you live? I've never heard of that. Okay, so it's like a chain, and it's kind of similar to Friendly's. Oh, okay. If you know what Friendly's is. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of similar to that, except instead of ice cream, it was all frozen custard, and it was delicious, and we had it when we lived, um, like, in the Midwest. And mid, just, you know, we we were in Kansas. Um, And... It was delicious, first of all. And for some reason, I'm thinking they had bendy straws, but that's not so much fast food as it is just, like, a chain. Like, fast casual. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, counter service. Yeah. Um, um One thing that I did want to say, I'm going to make, because uh, since we're making ties to 
other movies that we love. So my thought process here, and I do actually, now that I'm saying it, I need to make sure that I have my dates correctly. Um, because, nope, I don't want a recipe. I want the movie. Rufus the Naked Mole Rat is like one of my day one favorite animated characters of all time. Mm-hmm. Agreed. The uh, Rufus the Naked Mole Rat to Remy from Ratatouille Pipeline is <sighs> not that lipstick, Hannah. <laughs> incredible. So important to me. With the Rufus to Remy Pipeline? Yes. Because I so Stratatui last week, so now I have a lot of thoughts. So many of the like mannerisms of how they animated him were so similar and like his little sassy personality and especially when he was like pushing Ron towards Kim at the dance and was like <gasps> go, yes. go 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 you know, like he and Monique, oh my gosh. like like hang out together to watch them dance. Yes. They're both Super like huh. Yeah. I I think they probably Got the idea from Rufus, 100%. They were like, what if we gave this little guy his own feature-length movie? <laughs> yeah, but we said it in France and make him a chef. Really? <laughs> Ratatouille, Rufus, the mole, Naked Mole Rat fan fiction. Yes or no? I mean... Um, Resounding we guess. That, we know that Rufus is a foodie. Maybe... He is! Wow. Maybe he said, listen, I like, like Tex-Mex cuisine... But maybe I'm we'll going to go make, international. Maybe we'll have to make an Instagram poll about it and see if the people believe us. We could. If the people are me, then yeah. <laughs> Great. Amazing. Then yes. So I have another akin. This movie, I think, is like something else. Not Disney. But I think that Kim Possible overall and her gadgets and whatnot reminds me way too much of specifically The Dark Knight. And I could not get that out of my head the whole time that Kim is a teenage redheaded female Batman. And I just want everyone to know that I will die on that hill. I can't really I've never seen Batman. Ah, it's so good. good. Okay, so this I know is that Robert Pattinson is gonna be Batman. That's all I know. Yes. Yeah, but watch the old ones with um mm-hmm. Christian Bale. Yeah. And then my, the old, old ones are good, too. One of yeah. my bosses at work loves Batman. If she hears this, she'll be disappointed in me. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about this a lot because I I love action movies. I think they're so fun. Um, I have been known to say that, like, one of my favorite genres of movie is, like, beautiful people blowing things up. And it is. <laughs> I'm writing that down. It is. Um, and this is very funny because this is something I've recommended the Faded Mates podcast on our Instagram like 17,000 oh, yes. times. Um, but they talk about this all the time because they also really love an action movie. But Kim Possible is, was so fun for me because she does have a lot of like superhero-esque qualities, especially when she's got that like supercharged suit at the end. But mm-hmm. also, I kept thinking there were so many like plot devices and like the aesthetics of a lot of the animation at the beginning were very reminiscent to me of like the original James Bond movies and we just watched the very very first James Bond movie with my sister the other day and she really liked it and I thought it was so I thought that was very cool and I I love seeing like action movies made for young people that have you know female characters at the forefront like as the heroines as the main character um but also it was just so funny to me how like the casino scene at the beginning like ron is the one who's playing poker and then he like gets in so much trouble whereas like james bond he is always you know he's the man at the table and there's like the beautiful like bond girl is there and he's you know wiping the floor with all of them and he's just a freaking mess which is so funny. Obviously, like, their whole dynamic kind of flips the traditional, like, spy movie stereotype yeah. on its head. But it was so... And the fact that, like, despite him being so funny and so much of the comedic presence of, like, that TV show, obviously, and the movie, like, he's still such a well-developed character. <laughs> Made me so mm-hmm. happy. Um, and And then, going back to what we were talking about earlier... 
Kim, who is, like, the muscle and, like, the main character, the superhero of the whole thing, they really normalize it of being, like, yeah, she's gonna kick people's asses and save the entire world. And also, while she's doing it, she's gonna take a call from her friend and they're gonna talk about what they're wearing to prom. Like, you can be- But the- I wanna go back to- I want to go back to something that you kind of said twice, which is really interesting about Kim, is that she actually isn't a superhero. No. Like she is kind of like Batman in the sense, like, she doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. She just has these great gadgets, which she didn't And she's a cheerleader, like, too. She's yeah. good at like, her job. Know, most, of them, most of them Wade invented, or, like, her brothers mm-hmm. in some of the episodes. And it's crazy, and it's, like, it's not even, like, she... Because, you know, she's a teenager. It's not even, like, she's Spider-Man, who's, like, you know, he's a teenager, but he has, like, these amazing supernatural yeah. powers that, like, okay, well, we'll call them him to help save the world. I wrote down, my first note I wrote down was, why is a, an American teenager responsible for stopping what is basically a domestic terrorist attack on a large parade in Tokyo? Yeah. And then I was like, I guess if Draken is behind it, like, they, Kim is just always responsible. But it's kind of like, why isn't the UN involved? <laughs> why is it, like, why is it a 16-year-old girl from Middleton who yeah. doesn't even have, like, superpowers? She just has, like, skates with, like, rockets on them i don't know um she's like a hoverboard basically ma'am law student uh would you like to talk a little bit about the uh international international implications of leaving our safety in the hands of a uh, where are her you know is she within her jurisdictions abby i definitely think there's some sovereignty issues going on here but Again, I have not taken international law yet. So so come back to me in a couple semesters and I'll have more thoughts. But that brings that, you guys asking me that, brings me to a point that I texted Lizzie about a couple days ago. So my friends, my law school pals, want to start a podcast. And we'll see if it happens. I hope it does. They want to start it and it's going to be called The Disney Docket. And they want to go through Disney movies and see what are some legal issues that arise, but solely based on your first year of law school. So like contracts, torts, criminal law, property, constitutional law, and stuff of that nature. And the one that immediately came to my mind was the idea of in The Little Mermaid with her signing the contract. And we had a very in-depth discussion Was it a binding contract? Could she get out of it if she wanted? And I can't spoil the discussion because maybe this will be on another podcast. Who knows? But that was our thought. And so if you, so this was inspired, this Disney docket was inspired from this podcast. The title was not my idea, but this was inspired because I said I was going to be on this podcast. And then we had an in-depth discussion, which in said discussion or on the later discussion about Disney movies I had with my law school friends, because apparently that's what we talk about with our one hour break that we have in between our two classes. Um, my roommate, shout out to Aaron, said, doesn't relate to this as much, but I just think it's a good quote. She said, every interaction I've had with the Disney Cars franchise has been against my will. And we had a long Same. discussion of Same. why is it Aaron. that like, why is it that some of the cars are like, you know, they're present beings, but why are the tractors the not? Vehicle. I don't want to talk about it. The Pope Mobile. <laughs> I, the Pope? <laughs> I love the Pope Mobile. Okay. I will not tolerate any cars franchise slander. I don't want to talk car. about it. Absolutely. We don't, we don't want to break up Lizzie. We don't want a frenemies moment. No. You know what? This is a, you know what? This is a conversation for another time. Abby, I yes. really hope your friends do start that podcast. I, I do too. I hope that they want to collab. I was gonna. Oh, hundred percent, they would. If they want to do it. We should have them on, and we'll do like a little introductory fun. Yeah. We can like just do like a Q and A, do some Disney things. We have yeah. a group chat. I will literally text them and say, "Guys, this may be happening, and we've already got a platform to launch." There are a lot of young people, and I've talked about this. I literally no, I literally was texting my one friend yesterday because she sent me something about coming to brunch today. And she asked how I was doing and I was watching this podcast or not watching this podcast. I was watching the Kim Possible movie and I was like, yeah, I'm watching it. Wait, I will literally pull up the message because I was texting her. I said, um, currently watching the Kim Possible movie. She said, "Ugh, excellent choice. I said, I'm going on my friend's Disney podcast. We're talking about the movie. She said, oh my God, I remember this podcast. I listened to a few of the episodes. So yay. Oh my God. I love you. Go. That makes me so happy. 
Yes. There you go. Um, I um, don't have that many notes left. Really, the only no. substantial note I have is a quote. Is my I guess my favorite quote from the movie. It's the only one I wrote down. That's he's hypnotized by her big hoops. <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which like they're trying to get Bonnie away from Kim, and Monique goes, "Is that a brick flirting with the girl at Sunglasses Hut or whatever?" And she goes, "Or earring the earring stall." And she goes, "He's hypnotized by her big hoops." <laughs> Can we talk about Monique? I had a comment about her. She is the ultimate hype woman, right? In the beginning, right, you know, they're talking about the prom. But then later on, when when Kim and Monique are at Bueno Nacho, and I think Ron is ordering, Kim was saying how, oh, I don't have a guy for the prom. I think it was right after the scene with Bonnie and the cheerleaders about how they're all going with, you know, the athletes, and those are the only acceptable dates. And, you know, Kim is saying, well, guys don't really like me all that much because I'm, you know, this baddie who goes and saves the world and most guys find it creepy. But, you know, Monique essentially just says, you know, you need to find someone who's going to love you for that. And at first we think it's Eric, but deep down we know who it is, the one and only Ron Stoppable. all along. All along. And he loves her being hyped up as, you know, KP, the savior of the world. I mean, he, even to Eric, like when he first met Eric, he's like, how do you not know Kim Possible? She goes and saves the world. And I'm like, smitten, smitten. Wait, hold on. Is the voice of Bonnie, is that Xenon? Yes. No way. Kirsten Storms. Oh my gosh. Look at Disney reusing voice actors. We love it. Yeah, it's... Um, what did oh people God, think? Did, oh wait, I'm so dumb. I did not realize that Raven Simone is Monique. Yeah, <laughs> that one so I did dumb. know. That's you the know, only reason I, I said earlier that I'm bad at recognizing these voices. I didn't mention it because I figured we were just weren't talking about it because everyone already knew. <laughs> no, it was not obvious to me. So I have two final thoughts of random yes. questions. Number one, is Eric being a synthodrone the equivalent of saying that he's, like, fake? You know what I mean? Like, oh, don't date that person. They're fake. I think it's the equivalent Ooh. of saying they're fake. Mm-hmm. And number two, kind of. this is more of a question. What are our thoughts on Kim's updo for prom? I was not a fan. I love the down. As a redhead, a fellow redhead, yeah. I prefer more of – it needs to be more of a down – type of hairdo yeah well especially because it wasn't even really an updo it was just a ponytail yeah here's my question i don't is this love it their but i'm not against yeah because it's not their senior year yet i know th- it's junior prom i think mm-hmm. that's way more appropriate for a junior prom than it is for a senior prom like mm-hmm. I, I i guess but i think she could have just worn her hair as she normally does with that dress and it would have looked stellar yes i do too but also, yeah. I had a horrible. But it's a good thing she had enough because she was awful. having. Oh, you did. Awful. Last I feel like oh. at my high school, people would do like updos for homecoming, and then like yeah, like no. wear her down for prom. Or at least that's we what I did. Did like, we kind of half-assed homecoming every year because it got shut down most of the time, and then like people would leave after like fifteen minutes so they could go smoke weed and hook up in the park. I actually only ever went to one homecoming. I went to my freshman year homecoming, and oh my god, my hair! I say I wore an updo. You know what I actually did? Because I was in my competition dance era, I wore a donut bun. No, to the homecoming dance. My freshman well, year homecoming was the only year I had an actual date. I only ever had. A date to my senior prom. I did not. I I was thinking about this. I think I did. I went to both of my proms solo. Yeah. Well, like with friends. And then in terms of homecomings, I only went to one with a real date, like somebody I was dating or wanted to date my freshman year. And it was like my long-term boyfriend at the time. But other than that, I went to all of them with friends. And you know what? That's why with this movie, when they're like, oh, it's a yeah. such a, it's so important who you go to the yeah. prom with. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. No, I have more fun, fun with my friends. Yeah, junior yeah, prom, who so cares? It's so much more fun to go to a dance just with your friends. Because you don't have to worry about, like, yeah. babysitting your date. And, like, yep. you just, like, dance with your friends. Yep. Vehemently agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... I guess, I mean, if no one else really has any other notes, we can start wrapping up. Yeah. I have one final thought. Oh, go ahead. And this was the lawyer and me coming out. Does Kim Possible have life insurance? And what is her premium? Because it's not a big... 
her mother's a surgeon. She must. Yeah, and her dad's like a rocket yeah. scientist. Yeah, I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, the girl, like, she saves the world, but then she will just take on risk that doesn't need to be yeah. taken on by jumping out of a plane when they're like, oh, we'll land at the Middleton Airport. She's like, we don't need to. Yeah. Freaking skydives out. I'm like, girl, yeah. my mother would then, murder like, me. Maybe you have good life insurance, but what about Ron? Yeah. great question uh, there's no way he is like, like well no his dad's an actuary so maybe she literally says like they're like um why are you home so late and she's like well i would have been home faster but ron is such a baby about free falling from airplanes we had to pull out use our parachutes and i'm like ma'am girl <laughs> this is when i know that i have grown up a little bit when this is what I'm thinking of now yeah. watching this film but again still five out of five absolutely five out of five I will say this just reminded me talking about the mom being a surgeon one of my it was like very early on in the movie it was a very funny kind of line callback is when Bonnie is first talking about like oh this person's going with like and she's like football basketball ice hockey lacrosse like, all the girls on the cheer team who, and, like, who they're going to prom with. And she's like, yeah, you're gonna get stuck with the captain of the chess team. And then the mom has her on speaker when she's panicking about the prom. And one of the other surgeons is like, hey, my son doesn't have a date to prom, whatever. Like, Kevin doesn't have a date to prom. And she's like, no, he's a great guy. Like, all the people on the chess team love him. They really look up to him. It was really funny. And I was like, oh, yes. That's good. But now And Kim pivoting very gracefully. Yes. But now yep. seeing who the writers were and seeing other things that they have worked on, it is not surprising to me that the um that the comedy was so funny and that like the comedic timing and a lot of the punchlines were so good. And also held up really well for the most part. This what, mm -hmm. seventeen years later? Yeah. They're still pretty good. Yeah. I mean... I got some laughs. I had a few laughs throughout this yeah. film. Oh, of course. Live, love, Kim Possible. I was her for Halloween, actually. Oh, my God. Yep. I, I may have unintentionally been her for Halloween once. I almost I was her for Halloween once. Yeah. Step it up, guys. I think it's next year I'm going to go as... It is literally. It's a black shirt. I got, like, cargo pants from, like, Target, and that was it. And a belt. <laughs> And I that was it. Accidentally dress like Kim Possible most days of my life. As I am currently wearing a black top right now. So, yeah. That's pretty much what I wear to work every um, day. So I've never seen Abby and Kim Possible in the same room. I don't know about y'all. We don't talk about it. Abby, how are your cheerleading skills? <laughs> oh, I remember, like, I in middle school when it was funny to, like, have, like, the dun 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 I literally like, wrote that down, Hannah. I said, "Could you? can you call yourself a Kim Possible fan if you didn't have that as your text tone? No, you can't. I definitely did. I definitely did. 100% I, I did. I that one ninety nine in the Apple store. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted that text tone bad for when I had texts from my mother in the seventh grade. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. And it was like, it had to be on silent anyway. Yes. So did I ever hear it? Probably not. I still don't keep no. my phone really off of vibrate, so. Yeah, I never do. Maybe I'll bring back the Kim Possible text tone. Honestly, if this happens, I will let you know so you can update the members of the pod on the Instagram because I think that they're going oh, to anticipate. Do. You'll have to send yeah. us a video of your do 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 do. Yes, 100%. Um, well, you know, this is a delight. I would give us, yeah, I would give us a sneak peek next week, but honestly, because we have so many episodes that are in progress, I'm not sure what will air next. So it'll so, be a fun little surprise. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. We'll get back. You know, we had some pre-planned episodes. We'll get back into the running um, when we do. Yes. Leave us alone. Look. Leave us alone. We've had, we've, had, we've had a life reset. We hit the reset button. I'm feeling good. I feel like it should be clear sailing from here on out for a little bit. Yeah. And you know what? The temperature is improving, I think, where we all are. Yeah. Well, except I don't know. It's going to snow. snow tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's really nice out right now. Like yesterday and yeah. today, it's been like in the 60s. But then mm -hmm. tonight, they're like, oh, snow. You um, so remember that you can follow us on Instagram at slumberparty.pod. Um, lots of people follow us on Instagram that don't listen still. So if you are listening, your homework is to recommend the podcast to at least one person. It can be a friend. It can be an enemy. It can be a prom date. 
It can be your entire law school group chat. Yes. True. I was gonna say, if this isn't in a group meet as soon as it's posted. Oh, I don't miss group me. That's I don't miss that. Oh, it's still running in my in my life, baby. Um, I don't miss Speed Queen. <laughs> oh, I, I well, this was I gonna say. Um, this would be a really fun Valentine's Day uh activity with your significant other to listen to the pod. Yeah, it would be. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day to all of my gals. Listen to us while you're getting ready for your events. Yeah. Um, this when you're is walking also, to class, driving to work. If you just want to watch a fun little rom-com, I would recommend this movie. Yeah, this 100%. <laughs> for sure. Um, so thank you all for listening. We'll be back um, soon with some episode. Who knows which one? Yeah. Should I do the outro? Please do. This has been the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. This episode was edited by Lizzie and collectively conceived of as a post-grad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This podcast has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week. I gotta be honest, I hate thinking about the Bermuda Triangle.